Good evening, high school football fans. This is High School Football America for April the 16th, 2015. I'm Jeff Fisher, host of the show and founder and editor-in-chief of High School Football America and HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Welcome to show number 132. Yes, we have come a long way since the uh, launch show back on July 21st, 2011 here on the Artist First Radio Network. And we want to thank everyone that has uh, taken time out of their schedule to uh, share some time with us here on the radio show. Um, Four years, we have grown it, thanks to uh, the support of Scott Z and uh, Tony K, to uh, nearly 50,000 downloads per show. And uh, because... uh, uh, the the four-year anniversary is going to come at the beginning of the season, and show 150 is going to be in kind of in the middle of the season. We didn't want to uh, kind of take away from the season, so we thought tonight we would have a little bit of fun and flash back on show number 132 and take a look at some of the, uh, the great times that we've had here on the show since Trish Hoffman and myself uh, created High School Football America back in uh, 2009. Actually got to start before that. It's had uh, a couple of different lives. But uh, HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com, thanks to the radio show, has uh, grown uh, by leaps and bounds. And uh, we continue to grow, and it's uh, all uh, due in part to uh, everybody enjoying this show, understanding that we're uh, about storytelling, trying to uh, connect uh, America through the sport of high school football. And it has been a fun 131 shows, and uh, 132 is going to look back over uh, what we've been able to do here on the show with some flashback interviews. Uh, It's been a a who's who of high school football coaches and players and uh, people that are associated with the sport. And it'd be real, really too hard to to take the time and uh, kind of say, well, we had this coach and that coach. Trust me, uh, we've had a lot of great coaches on the show here. Uh, 43 states have been touched since we started the show back on July 21st, 2011. And uh, we're going to play some, uh, some interviews from back then, a couple of my favorites, to uh, kind of give you a taste of what we've been able to accomplish ever since that first show. And the best way to uh, kick off show number 132, we thought, was with a flashback to the first sounds of High School Football America on the Artist First Radio Network when Scott Z opened the microphone and brought us to uh, the listeners of Artist First. Uh, Sounds a little different. We uh, used to do the show on a phone line as opposed to the studio that we have right now, but it was still uh, fun nonetheless. So let's take you back to that uh, very first night, the first sounds of High School Football America on the Artist First Radio Network, July 21st, 2011. Welcome to the inaugural broadcast of High School Football America on the Artist First Radio Network. All past broadcasts will be available as free downloads. Visit the archive sections at artistfirst.com. And ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Mr. Jeff Fisher. Thank you very much, Scott Z, and good evening, high school football fans. And welcome to, as Scott said, the debut broadcast of High School Football America on the Artist First Radio Network. Like I said, sounded a little bit different back in the uh, day doing it over a phone line, but uh, it's it's been quite a quite a run here on High School Football America on the Artist First Radio Network show number one thirty two tonight as we uh, look back 
over uh, what's almost four years on the air, 131 shows. I want to thank all of our uh, partners involved. Uh, Kellogg's Frosted Flakes came on board back in 2012 when we moved uh, out here to Los Angeles. That uh, move was uh, made possible by uh, getting a show on uh, KLAC. AM 570 Fox Sports Radio, uh, where we brought uh, the uh, High School Football America brand to the Southern California folks. Had a great time out here with that, and we've been expanding it ever since. Uh, Crossover, new to the family. Uh, Great new technology that will... uh, Save you time, coaches, when it comes to breaking down game film. And then uh, several years ago, the good folks at Southern Sport, TDI Razor, the Debris Inhibitor Razor, they uh, hopped on board here, and uh, we have just had a, a great time uh, getting to know um, Joey Teichert, uh, Sean Harden, and Hoppy Langley, the uh, founders of Southern Sport and the Debris Inhibitor Razor, keeping those pesky rubber pellets from field turf out of your shoes. Hey, uh, Crossover just came on board last week. You heard our interview with uh, Ken Hoffman. If you didn't, you can listen to it in our archives at artistfirst.com forward slash jefffisher.htm. And you can also uh, listen to it at highschoolfootballamerica.com. But uh, if you want to get an up-close and personal look, and if you're going to the UCLA Coaches Clinic tomorrow at UCLA uh, starting at 1 o'clock, uh, crossover, the guys will be there. I'll also be there, and you'll be able to get a demo of uh, what crossover can do. Crossover with a K. That's crossover.com forward slash football. And the TDI Razor is TDI Razor spelled with a U. TDI Razor, R A Z U R. Uh, All making things possible as we move through here. 43 states touched hundreds of coaches and players we've talked to over the course of four years, and we're going to try and flashback and give you the uh, the best of the best uh, during that uh, time. Uh, if you go back to that very first show, it all began with, uh, it, it kind of set the tone. It, it, it showed what uh, Trish and I had kind of envisioned from the beginning, which is uh, no town is too big and certainly no town is too small. And our very first guest Brad Igo and Brian Houston from Barrow, Alaska, Barrow High School, the only school above the Arctic Circle. Uh, they have polar bears that uh, roam the field there. They've got blue turf that was donated by the Jacksonville Jaguars, and we uh, did that first show back on July 21st, 2011, with uh, with Brad and Brian, and it was real interesting to kind of talk to these guys. The uh, program was uh, a couple of years old at that point in Barrow, and the reason that the community, the school district, uh, started the football program was they were having some problems, uh, delinquency, uh, teenage pregnancy, uh, drug problems, and all of that, and uh, they felt the best way to uh, get the uh, the kids focused, uh, the student-athletes focused, was to make them student-athletes, not just students, but student-athletes, and uh, it was fun to learn about uh, everything that went on with the building of the Barrow Whalers, the Barrow High School Whalers, the only only school above the Arctic Circle, and what it took to uh, have teams come in. Uh, you know, the the field itself only uh, only about a hundred yards off the Arctic Ocean. Uh, just real interesting, and it wasn't our first foray into uh, Alaska. Again, we have touched forty three states. Uh, I have a whole list here of uh, state by state the coaches we've talked to. We've actually talked to uh, 
five coaches in the state of Alaska. One of my uh, favorite ones was uh, a conversation with Justin Zank, head coach at Vaznesenka High School, a little tiny town. They were an eight-man program. Uh, they moved up to 11-man. They had uh, a couple of communities around there that were able to kind of chip in to get the numbers up. But this is a community that does not have a paved road. So yeah, we uh, we we love going to Texas and talking about the big programs there, the the South Lake Carols, the Allen Texases, and all that. But we we don't ignore the small towns. Uh, one of my uh, my favorite shows was we uh, did a uh, a show after um, some championships in Utah, Vermont, and Wyoming, and we had uh, coaches on from three schools there. It was uh, Duchesne, uh, Cookville, and uh, Woodstock in Vermont. Cookville and uh, Wyoming and Duchesne and Utah, when you put the uh, the communities together, they had a combined population of just under 7,000. So that's kind of the mentality that we've taken into uh, High School Football America. And going back to that very first show on uh, the 21st of August, I'm sorry, 21st of July in 2011, uh, we also had on that show a, a guy that's been on the most, Steve Spiewak, a good friend of ours, a senior writer at maxpreps.com. He uh, talked about his preseason early uh, contenders poll, and uh, he's been back every year since. And we were joking last time, I think he's now been on nine or ten times, but when we hit number nine, he said he was like a cat with uh, nine lives. But uh, Steve always uh, uh, comes on and imparts some great knowledge and just a good friend of ours uh, uh, when we were living there in Chicago and continues to be a, a supporter and friend of ours at High School Football America. Also on the show was uh, Brandon Shepard, the executive director of the National Select 7-on-7 Championship, the passing tournament in Alabama, and we had him on during uh, the tournament itself. And joining us uh, from the tournament who and, and playing in that tournament was Scott Young, uh, the head football coach at West Rowan High School in uh, Mount Ulla, North Carolina. And uh, just to show how things kind of go full circle and how high school football is just one big family, just a couple of weeks ago we were joined by... Um, Chris Hughes, good friend of ours at carolinapreps.com. And Chris was talking about Scott Young and some of the problems Scott has had since uh, that interview back in 2011 because at that point, West Rowan had won um, three straight North Carolina State Championships, and in October he had a heart attack. That uh, heart attack in October of 2011 uh, put uh, Scott on the sidelines, but he was able to uh, come back very, very quickly and uh, coach his team to another state championship game. They finished runner-up that year. But uh, since that time, uh, Scott has continued to have medical issues with his heart, and uh, Chris Hughes joined us to talk about the fundraising that he is doing. He started a GoFundMe site for uh, Scott Young, a real class act in the business, one of the top coaches in North Carolina. Uh, he turned the program around. Uh, West Rowan was not much before... Um, before Scott Young took over, and now they're one of the top programs in the state. But uh, Scott Young is on a transplant list, and Chris uh, Hughes, who has served our country in the military, good guy himself, has decided that he wants to uh, get everybody to uh, band together and help the family out, the Young family out. They're going to go through a lot between now and whenever the, um, the heart transplant takes place. And you can donate right now about twelve over $12,000 has been raised for Scott Young. You can go to the GoFundMe site at GoFundMe.com forward slash Scott Young 
WR. Again, that's GoFundMe.com forward slash Scott Young WR. Uh, so uh, that was uh, kind of the, uh, the, the, the full circle that uh, happens here at High School Football America. We've had a, a lot of guests that have been on, and um, they have, uh, you know, kind of come back around. We've uh, just really enjoyed all the coaches that we've had on here. They're all so proud of their, their players, their, their teams, their schools, and their communities, and they've, uh, they've really done a, a, a wonderful job of, um, at least on this show, you know, capturing the spirit of Mary. America, America through the uh, through the lens of high school football. So uh, throughout the show tonight, show number one thirty two, we are going to flash back with a lot of great uh, interviews. Uh, people that have been on the show, it'd be great to do everyone on the show, but that's just not going to be possible. So we thought tonight we would give you a taste of some of the things that we've been able to accomplish here on High School Football America on the radio show. Uh, Don't forget throughout the week uh, that you can keep up to date with everything that's going on around the nation, highschoolfootballamerica.com. Twitter is really a great way. Uh, So we uh, we tweet you out uh, several times a day with all the uh, breaking news on the website. We're breaking breaking it down by section, state by state for you. The handle at High School Football America for Twitter is HSFBAmerica. We're also looking for interns for the uh, for the summer and for the uh, the fall season uh, you can help us out here on the radio show get real uh, hands-on experience also uh, on the website and you can learn uh, what the internship is about if you're a college student by going to highschoolfootballamerica.com check out the about tab and in the about tab there you'll uh, you'll see the college internships if you're a student still in high school and you want to uh, take part and uh, promote your school on the website we give out the site for that too we uh, will create a special section coming up here uh, in the 2000 during the 2015 season you can email me again jeff at highschoolfootballamerica.com Hey, uh, don't forget, if you're in Southern California tomorrow and you're a high school football coach going to the UCLA Coaches Clinic, Jim Moore, the head coach of the Bruins, will be there. So we'll cross over along with myself uh, at the beginning, and we're going to, uh, they're going to be demoing uh, the great new product that will save time and money for coaches uh, by breaking down game film. Crossover with a K, that's crossover.com forward slash football. If you want to get a free demo, you can sign up for it there. But if you're in uh, Southern California at the Coaches Clinic uh, tomorrow, make sure you stop by and say hello to the good folks at Crossover and myself. We're excited for that. And uh, don't forget the TDI Razor folks uh, making this all possible as they... Uh, have have found a way, an innovative way. I talked to uh, Joey Tyker uh, earlier this week. They've sold over fifty thousand units last year. They've doubled their uh, their sales. And uh, the TDI Razor, if you're not familiar with it, it's a spat. It goes over top of the shoes, real easy to put on, and then it keeps those pesky rubber pellets from field turf out of your shoes. And uh, moms, I know you're always complaining about it. The kids walk in, they're in the gym bags, uh, in the shoes. It may, may or may not look like you've got a rat problem. I mean, those those pellets go everywhere. I know when I'm out there on the field and, and working, you know, you gotta, you got to click the shoes, uh, you know, take the shoes off and get those rubber pellets out before you go into the house because otherwise they're going to be everywhere. So uh, they're making the show possible tonight. And we are flashing back on show number 132. First show was back July 21st, 2011, and one of my favorite shows occurred just a couple of weeks after that on August 11th, 2011, as uh, had two legends in the sport 
on the air back to back. The number one and number two winningest coaches in high school football history to combined. Uh, at the time, they uh, they were, were looking for a little milestone. Uh, uh, John McKissick from Somerville High School was looking for number 600 in the uh, win column, and J.T. Curtis from John Curtis High School in Louisiana was looking for number 500. Well, they both uh, hit that. They've gone well past it, and now they're on their way to, uh, you know, looking for some other numbers out there. Uh, John McKissick getting ready to turn 90 years old. Uh, he joined us on the show back in 2011 and gave us a real insight to what it's like to coach for six decades in the sport of high school football. And uh, John Curtis uh, High School has done some marvelous things. Back in 2012, they were co-national champs at High School Football America along with Allen and uh, J.T. Curtis. It didn't start out that way. His father founded the school. He was the uh, head coach that uh, didn't have a win in his first season, and now he is uh, well above the 500 mark, and he's going to close in on 600. He'll get 600. If he wants to keep coaching, he'll he'll go as high as he, he wants to go. And both of these men, um, what they do with wins is amazing, but what they do with students is really what life is all about. And uh, that was one of my favorite interviews. And just in a second here, we're going to, uh, after we get a word in from uh, Crossover and TDI Razor, we are going to come back and talk and flash back to August 11th. 11th, 2011, with America's legends in the high school coaching department, J.T. Curtis and John McKissick. That and more when we come back. You're listening to High School Football America. Listen up, football coaches. You need to check out a new scouting film solution called Crossover. That's Crossover with a K. Crossover Intelligence for Football gives you the edge you need to defeat your opponents. They not only break down and analyze scouting games for you, but they give you interactive tendency reports to diagnose your opponent's strengths and weaknesses. Crossover is your personal advanced scout, accessible from any mobile device or PC, and even integrates with your existing film platform like Huddle. Just transfer your scouting film from your existing video exchange service to the Crossover website, and in as little as 12 hours, your film will be completely indexed and tagged. Each play will become its own clip, allowing you to search the footage for anything you'd like. Their interactive down and distance reports will let you visualize your opponent's play calls in every situation or formation. Crossover Intelligence will give you the scouting edge you need to defeat your opponents. Go to crossover.com forward slash football to sign up for a quick five minute demo to see how it can work for your team. That's crossover with a K. Crossover.com forward slash football. Those rubber pellets from field turf, be gone. How? With the Debris Inhibitor Razor. It's a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing fields out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and out of the locker rooms. It's favorited by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have time just to tape for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in their house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is made of 70% nylon and 30% spandex material, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor, also known as the TDI Razor, covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. 
It's fully customizable via screen print or embroidery, machine washable, and most important, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is available in black, white, and pink, 12 colors in all, and special colors may also be ordered. Sizes available, youth, that's 4 to 6, the 7 to 9, medium shoe, the large shoe at 10 to 13, and for that extra Bigfoot guy, 14 to 17 is available. This great American-made product was founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III and three partners at Southern Sport. They created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes and allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Go to TDIRazor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, dot com to learn more. And if you use our code H-S-F-B-A-R-Z-R-1, you'll get a discount on your order. Jeff Fisher back on High School Football America, flashing back. Throughout the show tonight, this is show number 132 for us at High School Football America. First show, July 21st, 2011. Coming up uh, at the back end of the show, we're going to go outside of uh, actual coaching. We're going to talk with the directors of the Oscar-winning film, uh, Dan Lindsay and T.J. Martin, two men we spoke to uh, just a couple of days before walking down the red carpet and then uh, having the thrill of hearing uh, their names called as the best documentary at uh, Hollywood's uh, Super Bowl, so to speak. But uh, for right now, let's go to what I really do consider uh, probably one of my favorite shows. And and just because when you get two legends to come on the show at the same time, uh, it doesn't happen all that often. It really, it, it just doesn't. And to have John McKissick, who's uh, going to turn 90 coming up this year, on with uh, J.T. Curtis, was just something really, really special. Actually, the as I said, with a who's who, you would imagine we've got a lot of uh, people through the course of time that uh, that have graced the airwaves here. And uh, out of the all-time wins list in America through the 2014 season, out of the top 20, we have had 11 of the uh, the coaches on that list on the show. John McKissick heading the list, coming into this year with 621 victories, 156 losses, and 13 ties, uh, wrapping up his 63rd season, uh, finishing 8-5 and five with Somerville last year, and uh, just uh, an incredible, incredible uh, run for him. Uh, over the course of uh, his six decades as a high school football coach. Uh, J.T. Curtis, uh, John Curtis Christian School, founded by his father. He was actually our Coach of the Year in 2013 as uh, High School Football America is partnered with the National High School Coaches Association. They've been naming their Coach of the Year in 22 sports for uh, the past 16 years. And JT, uh, he's been on the show a couple of times, but the uh, one back in 2011 was real special to have him on. Uh, let's let's take a look at the top five uh, on the all-time list. After uh, John and, and JT, uh, Larry Campbell just retired at Lincoln County High School in Georgia. Is three. Mike Smith still active at Hampton High School with 451 wins is uh, number four. And uh, George Curry, good friend of ours from back in Pennsylvania, Berwick High School, after he retired, he's back in the game and he's number five on the all times list, all time list, I should say. So let's see. Uh, if you look at the shows on the top 20, uh, the, the coaches on the top 20 list that have been on the show, uh, it's McKissick, Curtis, 
Uh, Curry's been on the show. Number six, uh, Corky Rogers out of the Bowl School in Florida has been on the show. Number seven, now retired Al Fricasa of Brother Rice High School in Michigan. He was our original uh, coach of the year uh, back in the day. Uh, Dick Teig uh, from uh, St. Edmund High School in Iowa. He's still coaching with 425 victories. He's been on the show. Uh, number 11 on the list, John Harrington from Harrison High School in Michigan. 412 wins. He's been on the show. Uh, let's see who else. Bob Paroli, North Carolina, 403 wins. He's a retired. He's 15th on the all-time list. Bob Lattiser, Coach Ladd, uh, 399 victories. And uh, he's number 16 on the list. Uh, Larry Bud Wright from Sheridan High School in Indiana. Uh, closing in on 400. He's eight away, as is Bob Malloy from Good Counsel High School in Maryland. Both of them have been on the show. In fact, uh, Bud Wright... Larry Wright, uh, he's still there at Sheridan, and uh, his son, Kevin Wright, just making news as he leaves uh, Carmel High School in Indiana. It led him to a state championship there on a great run. He has just taken over the program at IMG Academy in Florida. Uh, we have a call in to, um, to Kevin. We expect to have him on the show in a, a couple of weeks, uh, maybe as early as next week as he's making the transition from uh, Indiana to Florida. But uh, can't wait to talk to him about his dad uh, when uh, we get on the show. Great bloodlines there uh, in the Wright family when it comes to coaching. But now, back to the job at hand, which is flashing back to August the 11th, 2011. J.T. Curtis on the show with John McKissick. And we're first going to start with uh, John McKissick and uh, the man that's been doing it for six decades. And i, I got to tell you, uh, this young man... <laughs> I think he'd appreciate that. This young man still has a passion for the game of high school football. When did you first know you wanted to be a high school football coach, and how did you go breaking into the job at Somerville? Well, when I was in high school, it looked like to me when I was out playing high school football and I started playing in the seventh grade. Back when I, I'm old, so back when I played, we didn't have 11 grades. And uh, so I started playing JV. Uh, well, we did, we called it midget football back then. JV football when I when I was in the seventh grade, and then uh, eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh was the was the uh, four years of high school. And uh, it looked like to me that uh, I always uh, looked at my, my my coach. We didn't have but one coach, and it looked like to me he was having a good time and enjoying it. And I said, you know, this this might be a good job if. Uh, later, later down the line. <laughs> <laughs> well, sixty years later down the line, you, you think you made the right call? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about you know what happens over the course of six decades. You know what what are let's start with first in in the sport itself. What are some of the biggest changes you've seen at the high school football level? <clears throat> well, when I first started here in Somerville, I coached a year before I came here, and uh, of course it. Uh, it was six-man football, and we won seven games, and uh, we don't count that in the national uh, national records. Of, um, 586, if you want to talk about records, uh, was all at Somerville High School. And back then, when I first came here, uh, I got the job because I didn't I, uh, I didn't ask the superintendent how much it uh, how much it paid, and a lot of people wanted it, and. Uh, because it's a good town, Flower Town in the Pines, right 25 miles uh, north of Charleston. It's uh, just a bedroom community and a, and, a, and a good place. But all the kids that came out for football, 
was coming out for football to get out of work. Now, when you come out for football, it is work. So that's the biggest difference I see. Okay, and, and, and what about yourself? How have you changed through the years as a coach? Well, you you uh, you change with the times a little bit. I'm still uh, I'm still the old school. I don't I don't have earrings. I don't have long hair. Let's first start with the foundation that you created. Uh, you know, 60 years ago. What is the foundation? What what does Somerville football mean to people that uh, aren't in South Carolina that are listening around the nation? Well, it's a lot of tradition here. We uh, when I came here, we probably had this final. Uh, uh, facilities anywhere in the state. We had concrete stands and we held uh, 4,000 people and had good press box and everything. And you know, a lot of other other programs have caught up with us now. Might have might have bypassed us a little bit in facilities and and all that. But it's a lot of tradition in Somerville. And uh, in fact, I told our guys today when we left fighters, I said, you know, every time we line up to play, the team that we're gonna play. They expect us to win. They expect Somerville to win. And then if you don't really get after it, they'll say, well, they ain't so tough. And then uh, then we have a hard time. And uh, so it, it, it's uh, uh, the people who move into this community from other places, they get caught up in it. We have big crowds and uh, have a nice stadium. and uh, we, we have a lot of support. Talking with Coach uh, John McKissick from Somerville High School, America's winningest coach tonight on High School Football America. So is it unfair to ask you, after all these years, if you have a favorite win, a favorite team, or a favorite moment as the head coach of Somerville? Uh, I imagine uh, the first state championship we won might be the the most excited probably that I've been. And then, you know, uh, sometimes... Things are not as good as they seem, and then sometimes things are not as bad as they seem, but that seemed pretty good to me back then. <laughs> All right, well, I'm sure you've gotten this question uh, probably thousands of times, but i, I got to ask it. Uh, how long are you going to keep doing this? Well, you know, uh, I, I get that question a lot of times, and I just say one year at a time. I enjoy going to work. We've been in uh, two days now since uh, the 29th. I set my clock at five o'clock in the morning to get up and spend the day out at school, and uh, and I kind of enjoy doing it. And and all my buddies my age, I'll be eighty-five in September. All all my buddies my age that uh, not all of them, but most of them that retired, they they passed on. I, I don't, I'm not ready to pass on. I got four great grandchildren. I want to see what's going to happen to them. Before I let you go here, uh, coming up in a few minutes, we're going to bring in your, your the guy chasing you. He's eight wins away from 500, uh, J.T. Curtis down at uh, John Curtis. And, and anything you want to say to J.T. before he well, comes? Well, what I'd him? like to say, I keep up with him. He's done a great job, and, 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 and this, it's good high school football in Louisiana. And uh, I got a guy that uh, played for me that's uh, he's at Tulane now, but he was down at Louisiana, Lafayette, and uh he was the offensive coordinator at uh, Virginia Tech, Ricky Bustle, and and I, I know what kind of football. And, and uh, Ricky told me the other day. He told John Curtis. He said, "You better, you better keep keep winning, because Coach McKissick's gonna keep on winning." <laughs> <laughs> well, that that sounds like a plan. I'd love to see both of you. Let's go. Let's go for seven hundred and six hundred both. That's oh, that's super. So we just heard from John McKissick, number one on the all-time wins list, and. Right behind him, well, sort of right behind him, eight wins away from 500 is J.T. Curtis. So, J.T., welcome to the show. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity and uh, being on with a guy like Kissick is uh, is really special. I mean, he is a, he is an icon. There's no question about that. Well, the only message he told me to tell you before we get into the real questions is you got to keep winning because he's going to keep winning. He's not retiring. So that was the <laughs> message you wanted. <laughs> I told somebody the other day, they asked me, and I said, look, I don't know if I'd go to 85 in this Louisiana heat. I said, I, I don't know if I could hang in there that long. But certainly, <laughs> certainly the accomplishments that he's had uh, are, just, are just unbelievable. And, 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 you know, the influence he had on, on high school kids, uh, through all these years, I mean, you can't measure the value of that. I, unfortunately, we just lost uh, our high school coach, a boy, a man named Bob Whitman, that uh, uh, ended up his career with the uh, San Francisco 49ers, the director of scouting, and three Super Bowl champions. And, and, you know, he was such a positive influence, not only in my life, but uh, in the lives of hundreds of young men that have gone on to be tremendous uh, uh, people in their community. And I know uh, John's done the same thing in his area. Yeah, it's certainly. And let's let's kind of talk a little bit about uh, John Curtis Christian. I, I've I've only known it from afar. I know it was started by your dad back in the '60s. You're the headmaster there. So let's start with uh, with telling the listeners exactly, uh, you know, what your dad did back in the '60s to create this. Why did he create this school? Why did he Why did he find it? You know, it was an interesting story. He was involved in uh, what we call pioneer mission work as a pastor in Illinois. And he was a Southern Baptist minister that was on a, a mission field, and uh, he was bivocational and was out one day visiting, and someone said to him, uh, you sound like you're an educated man. He said, well, I am an educated man. I've got a, a double degree from uh, Louisiana College in, in uh, English and Spanish. And the guy looked at him and he said, well, we need an English and a Spanish teacher in our high school. And that's how he got into education. And from that, uh, thought that there would be a need for a, a, a Christian school uh, that is non-sectarian. We are not supported or involved with another church or an organization, or we're not uh, sponsored by a group of people. We are uh, an independent school system, and we want to be that way because uh, we feel like that it's uh, a personal relationship with God through Christ is what our message is, and we work hard to try to make sure that that... Uh, has continued, even though he has passed on. That's the mission of our school. And well, uh, he has felt very strongly about that. He loved athletics, and uh, both the, for the men and the women, and we have uh, been able to have some success because of the foundation he laid for us. you got some big shoes to fill there, certainly, and, and Dad, and you've done a great job. Almost 500 wins, 23 championships, the most in Louisiana. So when you start thinking back at the success you've had, uh, as a football coach there. What comes to mind? Is there a couple of things that stand out where you go, wow, I'm really proud of that? Well, you know, obviously that first group in 1975 that won that first state championship, no one knew about Nobody had any expectations. And, and certainly we didn't know where the, the journey that we were on, but uh, got ourselves in that championship game and won it 13-12 uh, to 12 on the, in the last a couple of seconds of the game. And, you know, those, those memories never leave you, but you know, what's interesting about high school football is that every year is different. Uh, every team's a new challenge, and, and they all present their unique uh, uh, challenges. And, and, and I think that's one of the things that I really enjoy most about high school football is, is, the, is the building of the team uh, from year to year with different personnel, different personalities, and being able to put together a squad that's able to compete at a very high level. And, and, and really, 
it's hard to single out any one player or any one play or any one game. Uh, but it's just it's been exciting through the uh, 40 years that I've done this. So there you have it. Uh, back on August the 11th, 2011, uh, two legends still going strong. Uh, J.T. Curtis uh, from John Curtis in Louisiana and John McKissick from Somerville in South Carolina. He will turn 90 years old in September this year. If you want to hear that entire interview, they're available in our archives, highschoolfootballamerica.com or artistfirst.com forward slash jefffisher.htm. Coming up in just a few minutes after some words here from Crossover and the TDI Razor folks, we're going to have two young men who have not let a physical disability stop them from being high school football players at the highest level. Going to take a break. When we come back, the story of Jake Olson and Coney Dole. That and more. You're listening to High School Football America flashing back on show 132. Those rubber pellets from field turf be gone. How? With the Debris Inhibitor Razor. It's a seamless outer sock that was specifically designed to keep crumb rubber and other fine debris from artificial or grass playing fields out of an athlete's shoes and socks, thus keeping such debris out of gym bags and out of the locker rooms. It's favorited by athletes who want the look of tape, by trainers who no longer have time just to tape for show, and by moms who no longer want that crumb rubber in their house. The Debris Inhibitor Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R, is made of 70% nylon and 30% spandex material, making it extra lightweight and very durable, and it's backed by a one-year performance guarantee. The Debris Inhibitor Razor, also known as the TDI Razor, covers just the right amount of a player's shoe while keeping those shoelaces tight. It's fully customizable via screen print or embroidery, machine washable, and most important, it's easy to get on and off. The Debris Inhibitor Razor is available in black, white, and pink, 12 colors in all, and special colors may also be ordered. Sizes available, youth, that's 4 to 6, the 7 to 9, medium shoe, the large shoe at 10 to 13, and for that extra Bigfoot guy, 14 to 17 is available. This great American-made product was founded in 2010 by former University of Mississippi All-SEC football player Carl Hoppy Langley III and three partners at Southern Sport. They created the Debris Inhibitor to improve athletic performance by protecting athletes and allowing them to look and feel better with technically advanced products engineered with superior fabric construction, patented design, and proven innovation. Go to TDI Razor, spelled R-A-Z-U-R dot com to learn more. And if you use our code H-S-F-B-A-R-Z-R-1, you'll get a discount on your order. Listen up, football coaches. You need to check out a new scouting film solution called Crossover. That's Crossover with a K. Crossover Intelligence for Football gives you the edge you need to defeat your opponents. They not only break down and analyze scouting games for you, but they give you interactive tendency reports to diagnose your opponent's strengths and weaknesses. Crossover is your personal advanced scout, accessible from any mobile device or PC, and even integrates with your existing film platform like Huddle. Just transfer your 
scouting film from your existing video exchange service to the crossover website, and in as little as 12 hours, your film will be completely indexed and tagged. Each play will become its own clip, allowing you to search the footage for anything you'd like. Their interactive down and distance reports will let you visualize your opponent's play calls in every situation or formation. Crossover Intelligence will give you the scouting edge you need to defeat your opponents. Go to crossover.com forward slash football to sign up for a quick five-minute demo to see how it can work for your team. That's crossover with a K, crossover.com forward slash football. Jeff Fisher back on High School Football America, rewinding on show number 132 as we look back at some of the great moments in uh, the history of this show as we close in on the end of our fourth year. And I want to remind everyone you just heard about Crossover, Crossover with a K, crossover.com forward slash football. Uh, See it in action if you're going to the UCLA Coaches Clinic um, that will be held tomorrow. Jim Mora, the UCLA head coach, will be speaking there. Uh, anticipate a lot of high school coaches from the Southern California area to be there, and Crossover will be there. I'll be there early as well. And they're going to be demonstrating the uh, the new technology to break down game fill. It's a new solution. It's going to save you a lot of time. And uh, as Strunky, a uh, good friend, uh, head coach at Lubbock High School in West Texas, who writes the turnaround for us, uh, wrote earlier this week because he's going to have that demoed to him and he's going to blog about it. Uh, he said, you know, if he can get saved one hour, uh, it, it, that's about a $500 savings. Uh, so he figures over the course of a year, uh, Crossover can save $10,000 by uh, breaking down your game film for you. So can't wait to hear what Strunky thinks of the uh, the test run of Crossover. All right, uh, 2013, very special year here. In a month's period, we had two young men on the show here at High School Football America that just kind of, you know, I don't even know if defy the odds is the right thing to say because you don't want to sensationalize it. They're two young men, two special young men who were able to overcome difficulties. We're going to talk about uh, Coney Dole right now from Huntley Project in Montana. It's Huntley Project High School. And uh, Jake Olson, a long snapper at um, Orange Lutheran High School here in Southern California. We're going to start with uh, Coney. And Coney Dole uh, had, uh, in the 2012 season, shattered his right leg. And he was uh, he had to have it amputated below the knee. But uh, Coney is a tough young man. He fought back. He fought back to get on the wrestling mat, taking place in track and field. And then less than a year after having the injury and having his leg amputated, Coney Dole not only walked back onto the football field on an athletic blade, he played real well, scoring, getting into the end zone, and also recording a sack or two and doing that uh, throughout the season. And on uh, September 5th, of 2013, we spoke with Coney Dole of Huntley Project High School and uh, how, you know, special it was for him to come back. But to Coney, he's just an athlete. He just wanted to be back out competing. I mean, I've just, ever since I was little, just dreamed of playing football, college football, um, just being out on the field, suited up. <clears throat> and I don't know, I just didn't want my dream to end like that. I, I've wanted a chance you know that's all I wanted was an opportunity to you know come out on top if I didn't want you know to look back and be like I didn't work hard enough 
and then you finally get the opportunity, as you as you shared with everybody just a few moments ago, wrestling and then track and field. What was it like to step back on the football field, even though it wasn't for a game, but for your first practice? Can you describe that that feeling? Uh, I'm a, I'm sure there's happiness and elation in there, but uh, beyond that, what were you feeling? Um, the first time stepping onto the football field, padded up. I guess I was a little scared. I thought I was going to be scared anyway, and, uh, you know, nothing. I wasn't. After that first hit, it was just like everything came back. Um, The feeling, the goosebumps of just being out there with my team, and now just every day being able to step on that field is a privilege, and every Friday is even more of a privilege, and I just uh, play every play like it's my last just because I know what it's like to have a last play. Mm-hmm. Speaking with uh, Coney Dole tonight, Tuntley Project in Montana, uh, the high school up there, a very small high school, but a very big story crossing America with his uh, incredible comeback after having his leg amputated, playing on an athletic uh, prosthetic blade right now. Um, we talked about how you felt coming back onto the field the first time. Let's talk about your your teammates. That's got to be odd for them, knowing what you went through. I'm, I'm sure they're obviously supportive, but now they've got to work out with you and tackle you. What was that like? Did any of the guys say, like, hey, we're going to take it easy on you? Describe a little of that for us. Um, you know, my teammates have been there this whole time. Like, you know, they're family to me. Uh, no, I never expected them to take it easy on me, um, you know, and they don't, they don't think they have to take it easy on me either because they know <laughs> how hard I've worked, and they know I'm going to come out there and play my hardest, even in practice. And what a comeback it was in that first game. Coney Dole, who played the entire season for Huntley Project, scored two touchdowns and recorded a sack, but the the story didn't end there. His dream, uh, which he thought was cut short when his leg was amputated of playing college football, came true. He is now a member. He has walked on at uh, Montana State. He's a member of the Bobcats team and uh, just goes to show that, uh, you know, if you put your mind to something, you can overcome whatever obstacles in your way. And then about a month later, uh, another young man uh, amazed us, Jake Olson, long snapper at Orange Lutheran High School in Southern California out here by us in Laguna Beach. Orange Lutheran plays in uh, the top one or two leagues in the country. The Trinity League always up there with the big uh, North United. And um, Jake Olson, what a young man. Uh, Blind, completely blind, but uh, an active member of the team as the long snapper. Also a great golfer. And Jake joined us uh, to talk about you know his situation and and how you know nothing that had been kind of dealt him was going to keep him down from having a, a very long and fruitful life. This young man is inspiring everyone around him, and like I said, he's playing football even though he cannot see. He is blind, and Jake is on the line right now to join us and talk about uh, what I believe is probably one of the most phenomenal stories I've ever covered in 40 years of uh, high school football. Jake, welcome to the show, and I'm just so happy to have you here. Well, thank you, Jeff. It's, uh, it's an honor to be on your show, that's for sure. 
Well, I, I appreciate that, but I'm going to throw it right back at you. We, um, we, we want to kind of set the scene here for everybody because, of course, this is radio, so there are no pictures for it, and I don't know if that's apropos or not, but uh, the people that are probably listening at this point are going to say, okay, so Jake has lost the sight in both of his eyes, and he's out there playing football and snapping a football. Now, we all know that sometimes it's a blind snap, no pun intended there with it, but uh, t- tell us how you get into, um, get into the fact that you're now on the arm Orange Lutheran football team. Where does a crazy idea come from that you can be a long snapper? Well, I I, I played football my entire life. Uh, I played you know middle school when I still had my sight, and even when I lost my sight in seventh grade, I, I played my eighth grade year. And so I always had a passion for football. I loved watching on TV. Kind of grew up in the golden age of USC and Pete Carroll. So you know, watching them go to three national championships. So just grew up with football. Absolutely loved it. And when I went into high school, it, it kind of seemed I was going to have to give up playing on the field, you know, just and now with bigger guys and tackle and all that stuff, it's, uh, it could be a little dangerous. So I didn't try for the team, and, and I uh, kind of separated myself from football. But as soon as I saw the guys playing on Friday nights and the team, you know, walking in the hallways and stuff like that, I, it re-sparked the kind of the passion inside of me. And... I knew I, I had to be part of it. It, it was torturing <laughs> me not to. So I started thinking, you know, what, what position could I play without sight? Quarterback, probably not. Wide receiver, no. <laughs> and it, it came it came up, why not long snapper? You know, you, it, it's, it's pretty much muscle memory, you know, uh, snapping the ball back there. So I, I started working on it and worked really hard over the summer and got to the point where uh, I, I became really good at it. So let's, uh, you know, before we get into exactly, you know, the, the mechanics and all that and how you did the first time you snapped versus now how you're doing it so well. But, you know, uh, one of the things in the video, and I'm going to put it up on our website and tweet it out for everybody so they can get a, a better feel for you, is, you know, the, the logistics that go through it. Uh, one of the things that I found interesting is the holder gives a clap back there. So tell me how you developed the system so that this would work successfully. Well, you know, without sight, I uh, depend on my hearing a lot. And so, you know, when I play catch with my dad, I'll have him clap. Or if I'm throwing to someone, I'll have them clap. And it, it's kind of clapping has become the, uh, the thing I use to know where, you know, where the, where the person is, how fast they're running, where they're running to. And so when I began snapping, uh, I found it no different, just giving a clap back there. And it's not necessarily, you know, um, it's not the the sign for me to go. It's just kind of giving me a sense of reminding me, hey, you know, I'm I'm back here this far, uh, at this height. Just you know, so I kind of just have a, a general sense of where he is, and I'm not totally going <laughs> out of the blind. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so that that that's that's the basics of uh, the clapping method. Talking with Jake Olson tonight, he is the long snapper at Orange Lutheran. He uh, has lost the sight in both eyes, and he is still able to perform on the high school football field. So tell me a little bit. Um, obviously, you have great friends at school there and a lot of support to do this from the coaching staff, but what's it like the first time you go out there with your teammates? What What's the response from them? Are they, Jake, you know, we love you, but can you really do this, or is it all support? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, uh, definitely as I got out there, over the summer, you know, every, you know, I have a lot of friends here at school, and um, I give kids hard times. They give me hard times. You know, it's all it's all fun and games. And so when I was out there, you know, of course, we're joking around, and they, they liked having me out there. But truthfully, I didn't think 
anyone, including the coaches, thought that I was going to get any playing time. You know, it's just kind of a, we'll have him on the team. It'll be cool. Mm-hmm. He can run out with us and stuff like that. And so I don't think, I really don't think anyone expected me to go, uh, to go through with it and actually play until uh, there was a couple months in the summer where I actually worked separate from the team just with uh, my coach, Coach V. Sommeyer, uh, who's basically the long-standing coach, uh, separate from the team. So they didn't see me for about a month and a half. And when I came back, I started snapping to the punter and the kicker, and they 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 were shocked. They were like, man, like <laughs> this is the best guy we have, like unbelievable. So then people kind of started seeing the talent, and I think that's when people started realizing, hey, you know, he can actually do it. Quite a young man. He has a foundation. Does Jake Olson, OpenYourEyes.org. He's written a book. So, again, go to uh, OpenYourEyes.org to uh, order that book. And uh, quite a young man, motivating uh, lots of people around him. All right, time to wrap up the flashback show. Show number 132 here on the Artist First Radio Network with a moment in 2012, four days before the Oscar was handed out. Yeah, Oscars, like the Super Bowl of movies. Uh, the Oscar handed out for Best Documentary at the time when we did the interview. Uh, Undefeated was nominated and had a shot to become uh, the winner of the uh, Golden Statue. And we had on the directors of the film, Dan Lindsay and T.J. Martin, just uh, talking about what an honor it was to be a, a part of Hollywood's Super Bowl. Actually, one of, the, one of the first things we ever filmed was with one of uh, one of our characters, one of our main subjects, um, who is Montrell, but he's nicknamed Money. And uh, you know, we had we'd met him at at the weight room uh, while they were in their spring kind of practice, and he was just a really interesting guy. So we we said, you know, can we we want to come back home with you and uh, and just talk to you? And so we went back to his house and threw a mic on him and. Um, I said, you know, show me around. I'm just going to film you. And he goes, well, he's like, over here, these are my these are my pet turtles. On the side of his house, he had some pet turtles. And uh, he said, that's my favorite animal. And I said, well, why why turtles? And what came out of his mouth was, you know, because turtles are like human beings. You know, we all try to be hard on the outside, but, you know, on the inside, we're really soft. Uh-huh. And the way he says it and the, uh, the emotion that is kind of reading on him, I mean, it was like, I was like, that's amazing. Like, I, I, people are going to think we told them to say that. <laughs> I mean, it was just so, I mean, if you scripted it, you'd be like, oh, that's ridiculous. Um, but, you know, that, I mean, that was one of the first things we ever filmed. And, and just from then on, I mean, we were able to kind of, uh, you know, the, the players and the, and the coaches and the community you know, really uh, accepted us and trusted us to tell their story, which I think, you know, we always say the, the success of this film uh, and is really a testament to, uh, the people that we filmed, the trust that they gave us, because um, you know that's a, that's a that's a big leap to, for somebody to come and say, "I want to film everything, and then I'm going to go off, I'm going to go back to LA and put it together, and you're not going to have any control over that." Um, and so, uh, so yeah, it was. Uh, it, it really is a testament to them. All kinds of special moments here on High School Football America over the first 131 shows. Uh, that's Dan Lindsay and uh, T.J. Martin talking about. 
uh, Manassas High School, the Oscar-winning documentary. We had him on four days before winning the Golden Statue. Uh, since then, we've had uh, Coach Bill Courtney, the centerpiece of Undefeated, on the show several times, gotten to know him very, very well. And uh, uh, Coach's uh, role in the film um, probably doesn't even speak uh, completely to uh, what he did for those young men there at Manassas High School. But uh, again, just a lot of fun stuff that we've had here on the show. Uh, last year, we had um, Jim Caviezel and Michael Chiklis, the stars of When the Game Stands Tall, the uh, film, Sony film, about um, the De La Salle football 151-game win streak. Uh, it was cool to go to uh, the Beverly Hilton in, uh, in Beverly Hills and, and meet with uh, Jim Caviezel and, and uh, Michael Chiklis. Uh, Caviezel, what a great guy. I mean, both were, were great. And then Coach Ladd was there and Coach Edson, uh, definitely one of those. But like I said, to, to sit here and, and really try and figure out uh, which of the moments in, in four years uh, was the best, that, that would be unfair to do. But uh, please go to our archives at High School Football footballamerica.com or artistsfirst.com forward slash jefffisher.htm all of the shows are there for you they are for free enjoy them and uh, thanks to everyone that has joined us on the show and we just look forward to a uh, a long long time of uh, doing these radio shows and it's just uh, our pleasure to do them want to thank uh, Crossover. Again if you're uh, in Southern California going to the UCLA Coaches Clinic tomorrow Crossover will be there. Crossover with a K. It's crossover.com forward slash football. Uh, they will be demonstrating the technology for you. It's incredible. It's a huge time saver. And when you save time, you're also saving money. They will break down the game film for you. This is the next generation of stuff that will help coaches. You can. Uh, it's compatible with Huddle. You can upload your film from there. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of a review from Jason Strunk, the head coach at uh, Lubbock High School in Texas, good friend of ours who writes The Turnaround. Read The Turnaround at HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Also, check out the TDI Razor, the Debris Inhibitor Razor. Keep those pesky rubber pellets from field turf out of your shoes with a TDI Razor. That also gives you the great look of spatting without the high cost of tape. You can go to TDIRazor.com. Razor is spelled with a U, R-A-Z-U-R. And uh, you won't be uh, you won't be uh, mad if you get this product because it keeps those rubber pellets out of your shoes. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Twitter, HSFB America, Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash High School Football America. Check out the jobs board, man. You guys are doing it, but keep coming back. We're updating it throughout the day. Keep them coming. As far as the listings, Jeff at High School Football America.com is how you reach out to us. Uh, college interns, if you're looking for a good internship, we have them, please feel free to reach out to me at Jeff at HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. Thanking Scott Z back in Ohio for keeping the show running ever so smoothly for now. This is Jeff Fisher saying good night and good sports from sunny Southern California. You've been listening to High School Football America on the Artist First Radio Network.